Thanks for joining us for episode 12 of Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and I think clothing boutiques should be like some restaurants and post the items and prices at their door. That way, you know before you go in that they only sell overpriced clothes in sizes zero and one. It would save me so much time so I don't have to go in and pretend to care about their jewelry before I promptly leave. (laughs) I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business, and I have a stockpile of unlabeled VHS tapes. When I can find a videotape player, I'm a binge watch old style. Old school, kicking it old school. Old school, old school style. Old school style. Yes, that's what VHS. I'm What's a VHS? It's a very high <laughs> system. I don't know. On today's show, we discuss the importance of taking time off from your business and interview a branding expert to talk about how design can impact your marketing efforts. At the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what we've learned so far as new podcasters. Now, without further ado, let's get started with episode 12 of Couples Inc. So for our big topic, um, we wanted to talk about taking time off, which may seem like counterproductive since we're talking about working better together, but actually taking time off can help you work better It's together. my favorite activity. It is. It is. But it's it's something I think people, particularly if you are an entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and you own your own business, you might neglect this mm-hmm. um, because you don't feel like you can, but there are ways to do that. And I think you've kind of come up with sort of a list mm-hmm. and some of it may be something, you know, as you know, very small or something you do on a daily basis. It doesn't always have to be the big vacation, although I highly recommend those. But here are ways that you can just take a breather. You know, the classic work model is overtime, overdrive, extra hours, just cram everything in. It's it, The U.S. is the most productive economy in the world, but it comes at a kind of a high mm-hmm. price because it really wears on people. And so I have taken the liberty of coming up with six ideas for de-stressing at work. All right. Now, I did look this up on the internets, kind of trolled. You do enjoy doing that kind of trolled the people that were saying, go back to work and you know, <laughs> say, take a nap or take a breather or something. One of them is meditation. And for this, you can do several things. If whatever style fits and whatever style you think is, is going to work for you. Try using an app, for example. And I think, didn't you have an app? I did. I used Headspace for a while. Um, There's a free version, and then I upgraded. And I used it for about a year. And it was great, because I am not the kind of person who can automatically silence my thoughts. And they actually gave you a good tip. You don't have to silence them. Like, one of the things was to visualize a thought that gets, you know, interrupts your your calm and kind of put it in a train and watch the train go by or put it in a bubble. Visualize these things because you can't stop thinking, but you can maybe acknowledge the thought and put it somewhere and let it go away or be somewhere else. It really helped. Um, I, I stopped using it when I found myself, which is ironic, during the pandemic of all things, you should probably be meditating more. But I wasn't sleeping well, so I didn't get up as early in the morning to do this. But I think I might want to rethink that. Have you ever tried meditation? I tried putting mine on the train, like you said, but it turned out to be the crazy train. (laughs) 
and it, it didn't do like I thought it would do. It didn't go into a tunnel and just disappear on the horizon. It ran off the track. You didn't get on the train yourself. Get me off this crazy. And I had to fix it. Put yeah, you had distracted. I well, another person told me. Um, and actually, she's the person who we're going to interview later. She meditates, but instead of just trying to have no thoughts, she finds out like this happy place for her. It's like the beach or wherever it is, and you just imagine in great detail where you are and it yeah. takes your mind off i don't that. think that you can have no thoughts mm-hmm. I, I can't do that and i don't know too many people who could i guess it's possible but why try to shut your brain down that's my take on that right and we'd love to have comments from other listeners but it, it really is one of those things that if i'm doing this if i'm doing this meditation i'm going to have a mind of other things besides work Right. Yeah, if you can find other things to fill that time. Yeah, not trying to clear my mind altogether. Or I know that for me, um, and it probably is the same for a lot of people, if you're doing a project Mm -hmm. that is all-encompassing, you kind of reach that zen. You're not meditating, but it is very meditative. So you get away from work. You get away from things. So like when you're, you like to fix things. You definitely like to figure out something. You've been, you know, trying to figure out, um, we've had an issue with our door lock. It, the the door is very the old. But, door lock. But you're working on it, but it takes you out of whatever stress sure. is. You're just problem solving. So I yeah. think that's sort of a form of meditation. So anytime you can, you know, find those activities that take you away from the stresses and your mind can only focus on that one thing, whether it's meditation or whether you're painting or fixing something or whatever. I think that's a, a it's a great way and it's not something that requires you, you know, have to rent a ski chalet somewhere. It's not a vacation. It's not expensive. It's just you basically give your mind a vacation. Yeah. So also taking a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 minutes, that's about the time frame that we're talking about with most of these things that are the the six ideas. Walking releases endorphins and decreases stress. Or as I used to call (laughs) Dolph Lundgren's. Sometimes I would talk, because it kind of sounds the same. And I'd be like, yeah, I exercise so I can release the Dolph Lundgren's, which if you don't. Dolph Lundgren, if you're listening, please (laughs) feel free to weigh in on what you think endorphins are called. Right. I just would say that and no one would correct me. I'm like, Yeah, I was like, just as a joke, like, surely someone would pick up that I'm saying it wrong. And not only wrong, but someone's actual official name. Poor Jody. I know. But so you're saying just 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. And a lot of times if you're in an office uh, space that doesn't let you go outside easily, you could just pick up and walk around the outside of the perimeter of whatever space you're in. Mm -hmm. You go get a drink of water. You go um, maybe to the necessary room. I think, well, that's that's something when I did physical therapy on my hip, they were talking about, you know, because people were like, oh, we should do a standing desk. Well, they're like, any position that you keep for too long can cause problems. So sure. if you're standing the whole time, that's mm-hmm. not good for you. If you're sitting the whole time. So getting up and moving does, you know, is amazing for your body and also in this case for your mind to take you away. Again, these are just things that are like, take time off in your day. Because particularly if you work from home like we do, mm-hmm. you can get really... Like, you know, sitting at your desk, getting things done. Next thing you know, the whole day's gone by and you're like, wow, I hardly got up except to, you are You're in complete drill down mode. Yeah. And I think that's the way a lot of people work, Mm -hmm. whether you're at home or at an office space. You, unless you have a lot of different tasks that put you in different spaces throughout the day. Right. 
And sometimes we have days like that, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times we're at our desk and Mm -hmm. you make me stay at my desk for 10 hours straight minimum. (laughs) I've been meaning to talk to you about this and this is the episode. Another one is power napping. Now this is controversial. (laughs) (laughs) This is controversial. How can napping be controversial? Well, I think some people frown upon it because they don't understand power nap versus Sunday afternoon nap. Because sometimes a Sunday afternoon oh, nap could be like a good, you know, could be two hours, depending. Yeah. Or, you know, no. we're talking legit, like, 30-minute power nap. I don't even think 30 minutes is necessary. I've taken power naps that were 15 minutes before. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny if, for me, if I force myself to wake up after that 15 minutes is over, within five minutes, I feel completely recharged. Right. It's if you sleep too long, then you get drowsy. Yeah. I've also read somewhere that some people will drink coffee, then take their quick power nap, which gives the caffeine time to go through your system. It seems counterintuitive, but I've read that that actually, you wake up much more refreshed. Not everyone has the luxury of taking a power nap. We work right. from home, so we can easily do that. Um, but if there is something, say maybe, for instance, it's after work, you take a quick you know, quick power nap if your if your hours allow it, and usually if you if you sleep after five, it's not good for your evening sleep. But if you can fit in a power nap, I think it's a it's a good thing. And I think that other countries have that policy of a siesta in the afternoon. Yeah, they do. I'm going to try the coffee thing, except I'm going to substitute beer. Do you think that'd be <laughs> um, counterproductive? That might be counterproductive. Be very creative after a little bit. You might be. Or something. Or something. All right, what's the next one? It's very simple. Take a breath or several. We don't sit in the proper posture. Oh, I'm And the proper about that. breathing mm-hmm. doesn't take place because you're maybe hunched over. Mm-hmm. Guilty as charged, me. So a count of five. In for a count of five. Out for a count of five. Let's try that now. That wasn't five. I don't know. It even was one, two, three, four, five. I know it was. One, two, three, four, five. Keep going. Keep going. Now they inflate like a balloon. I was like, hey, I can't keep doing that any longer than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do that, it will also uh, kind of re energize your blood because mm-hmm. blood depends on oxygen. Yeah. I think that's breathing. It does seem ridiculous, like remind you to breathe. But how many times have you uh, been reminded of it when you exercise or Mm. when you're doing anything? It's like, remember to breathe. Or when you're tense, you tend to stop breathing. It's like reminding, breathe. It's, it is one of the weirdest things that it's so automatic, but yet sometimes we need to stop and be very um, deliberate in the way we do it. Diligent. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's next? The next one is your environment will impact your stress Mm -hmm. and the quality of your work Mm -hmm. many times. So one of the suggestions is to use essential oils. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have candles that I sometimes, you know, burn. Some of them are even called energy or, you know, something. It's like it's more orangey or citrus. Unity. Yeah. (laughs) Productivity. There should probably be somebody that makes, and they may already have this, productivity candles. Probably. They may, yeah, they may have them. Um, I'm going to look that up. Look it up. Or, um, or again, like you said, diffusers or oils, things like that. Some places may, you may not be able to because someone may be very sensitive 
allergies or other things. But if you do have well, a chance... it's your office space. They just have to suck it up, don't they? <laughs> well, some people have an open office. And even if you own the company, you may be part of that open office or what have you. Mm. Um, or you may be in a um, public-facing situation. You own, right. you know, you own a, a business like a bookstore or something like that. Um, so your office is out in the open space. So you may have some difficulty with this. But um, if there is something that can help create a more pleasant environment for you so that you're not stressed and it does engage your other senses, then you should probably try to incorporate that in your office. Find your ideal aroma. Mm -hmm. Find it. Exactly. Engage all of your senses. Mm -hmm. And the next one I think you've got on your list also engages your other sense of of hearing. Yeah. The environment, once again, is going to impact the quality of your work. Listen to some music. You can use playlists. I mean, I, I've put playlists together on a lot of different platforms, um, and it's it's really easy these days. It's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. You just pick what you want to listen to, you know, for different times of the day. I used to, when I was commuting uh, to work back in, you know, the commuting days, I would put music on cassettes, and I'd have a couple of the cassettes labeled morning for when I was going in to work. Oh, wow. And then afternoon for when I was driving away. The morning time would be Mm up-tempo. For me, that was energizing. And so when I hit the door at the office, I was ready to rip off some heads, you know, (laughs) thrash metal and all of that kind of stuff. And the chill out for the ride home is what I would do. Some classical one day Mm -hmm. or maybe some uh, laid back jazz, you know, it just depends on what you like to listen to. But you're going to respond very favorably to having some music in your workspace. You forget how impactful. Like if you listen to some sort of, like you said, thrasher metal anger or thing, yeah. your mood is going to kind of be associated with it. You're going to be amped up. Sure. Um, but yeah, music is so powerful. Like I know if I have something that involves um any kind of long format planning or writing, something that I'm going to need to take a chunk of time to do. I mm. like to play music uh, because it helps me just get more focused because I do so many things during the day, like answering emails, phone calls, checking social. If I have to stop and say, okay, I've got two hours I'm going to spend doing this, I like to put on a playlist. Usually it's the 80s new wave and I'll, and it just gets me into this zone and I just focus. It just It's, it's kind of crazy how powerful sound and music can be to your mood and to your productivity. So that's the sixth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I read on Inc.com that there's an entrepreneur called Kendra Bracken Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And she's the founder of Brain Trust Studio, which is a source for creative resources, financing resources. You should check her out. I think you'd find her pretty interesting. She uses interruption blocks scattered throughout her workday. Okay. She also uses walking, and she calls it the daily disconnect walk. Oh. And it purges some of the stress that she encounters. And she says that it helps her and her team. And it's self-actualization and being her best self so that she can give the best part of her to her work during a given time period. We should include a link in our show notes. Okay. To this, yeah. So tell me more about the interruption blocks. What does that mean? It's the things we've been talking about. So she just basically, she intentionally interrupts her workday with things that recharge her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not interruption in the negative sense of someone interrupting you. It's you are scheduling interruption in our daily broadcast to say, okay, I'm going to take a moment and 
recharge, reconnect, whatever it is. Plus, it's a conscious decision. You have to dedicate. Mm -hmm. It's just like setting up a work schedule. You have to dedicate a certain little block of time and stick to that. Consistency is a big key with this because it's very easy to let the work start to seep into your interruption space. Right. Well, that's one reason when I was doing meditation, um, again, I, I kind of stopped the practice at all times, you know, when because I didn't have it at the time, but I mm. consistently got up a little bit earlier in the morning and did my meditation. For me, that works out better because I'm a morning person. I'm sure for someone like you who's a little bit more of a night owl, the meditation might be an end of day kind of thing or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But it was good for consistency for me to do that every morning, and it just set the, set the tone. So, yeah, I think... That's the thing is that when we say taking time off, we automatically think of something big, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the big, dramatic, multi-week, you know, vacation or sabbatical. It's something you incorporate in your daily life. Yeah, it's part of mental wellness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take some time off right now. On this segment of the podcast, we're talking to Katie Cooper-Bussell, who is the owner of Lemon Life Design. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. The first question we've got for you, Katie, and you were you very experienced with this. You've got a lot of chops, a lot of uh, um, the encompassing... And and, full disclaimer, and, she works with us regularly on most of all of our designs for clients. I do. And ourselves. So That's true. Yeah. So... What encompasses, to you, what what encompasses a brand? I like to say that it is so much more than just a logo, your brand is. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we are talking website, getting set up with your professional email, like not using just at Gmail at the end of your email, your marketing and social media tone and style. And also included here would probably be things like merchandise, your business materials, like your business cards and letterheads, basically anything with your brand included on it um, would really encompass brand identity and this reaches far and wide for most companies right yeah a lot of times people will just think now the logo is super important but they'll think oh i got a logo i'm done that's my brand yeah yeah but it goes beyond that yeah and i think probably katie you you can talk more to this there are all kinds of peripheral elements that go into besides the logo into a brand Absolutely. And, you know, I think that most any business, especially ones offering any kind of professional service, any kind of retail establishment needs to consider this, this entire scope as far as their brand is concerned. So having, you know, a well-groomed brand completely sets the tone for your company or your services. And, and not only, you know, does it truly set you apart to have a nice looking brand, but it also makes things easier for your clients as well. So a streamlined brand with a clear and easy to use website and easy to navigate brochures and professional photography that clearly displays your product all make a difference with your client experience as well. So it truly helps to have you know professionals help you achieve the best look for your brand as you consider this encompassed idea for your for your branding i love that you said tone and i also think personality Mm -hmm. um if you want to convey speed your logo is going to be very different if you're trying trying to convey style or comfort um or not just your logo but your brand identity is going to reflect who you are and uh, to quote 
uh, the positioning, the book uh, positioning, that is was a classic back in the what seventies or eighties. Yeah, Trout and Rice. Positioning the yeah. battle for the mind. It's what your consumer thinks of you, and you want to reinforce or improve on that. So as you're looking at, say, a client comes to you and says, "I need help on a brand." What is your design process, and what do you start with first? Is there like, is there are there questions you ask? Are there things that they need to be thinking about? What is your process? That is a great question. Yeah, depending on the project, this can vary in depth. So sometimes all somebody needs is only a logo, and that's it. But still, though, developing a logo can take quite a bit of time. So for me. The first step to any brand development is research. And I need to thoroughly understand the industry and what the client needs and wants and then how to make that look unique. So like you said, yes, asking questions from the client um, is is very much part of my process. I also like to do a lot of mood boards and have a real conversation with the client about what strikes them as interesting and pleasing to the eye because you don't want to spend a lot of time working on a brand if it's not something that the client likes. So it's a lot of back and forth process in the beginning. And the other major thing I consider when developing a brand is cohesiveness and how this brand design is going to work with all of your assets, your website, your business cards, t-shirts, signage, etc. Um, you know, as one of my art teachers would say, you need to work the entire canvas. So that would be not just working one corner of a painting and completely finishing that and then moving to another small section. You know, you need to think about the entire landscape of the brand and how it's all going to function as a whole. So a, co a cohesive looking brand just jives well. It looks super sharp and you're thinking about the entire thing as you as you work it's kind of like a good idea for them to do an audit as to what are the channels sure. what are their elements things sure. like that um you mentioned mood board would you recommend clients who are say looking at either opening a business or refreshing their business would you recommend they develop a mood board before they meet with their marketing firm or design firm to kind of help make sure everyone's on the same page absolutely that is a fantastic idea it makes my job so much easier when the client comes to me with ideas they already have. And that doesn't mean logo ideas or design ideas. It could be just a Pinterest board or, you know, tear sheets from a magazine of styles and colors and, and designs that they like. Anything like that is helpful. And it just really helps you get on the same page as your client. Can you give us some more definition of what a style guide is and why a business needs one? Sure. So a style guide is essentially an overview, and I like to call it somewhat of a cheat sheet for all things your brand. And this guide provides everything to do with your logo and your assets. So it will, it will be an overview of all the different logo variations you have, such as one color options, reverse options, the color values used for your brand, like CMYK, RGB, hex values. And it should also include your house fonts, that you use and in which weights and styles from that font family are used. And also I like to sometimes include tips about which files were provided and when and how to use them, such as your JPEG, PDF, EPS, and PNG files. Like that sounds probably overwhelming to somebody who's not familiar with different file types. So it's a good resource for you to look back and say, oh, I can, 
I should use the PDF for print materials. Oh, the PNG files have the transparent background. Yeah. And so it it goes into great depth and and it, it can include tips about how and how not to use your logo with examples too sometimes. It's just a very important resource too that for example, if your designer moves on to another avenue in life um, or someone else from your company is helping set up a email newsletter or a social media post, you know, they will have this guide to refer to to keep things consistent for your brand. Yeah, you, it's so funny you said something about what not to do. Because that was my next question is, what are some mistakes in having what not to do? Yeah. Like, for instance, ne- never use the logo this way. Never use this or, you know, you don't want to be too, you know, not, you're not trying to be overly restrictive, but there is something to be said for keeping consistent. And if you put like, don't use the logo um, with this color, don't don't change the, the, uh, the spacing. For instance, that's mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. Also, sometimes, too, you might want to include in a style guide terms or messages to not use. I know when I did some um, contract work for AARP, they don't, they try not to use the word senior. They use older American or older, what, um, because senior has like a negative connotation. Did you ever use codger? No, we did not use Codger no, either. Geezer? Not geezer, curmudgeon, maybe. Oh, yeah. But it was like, it was important to know what what not to say, what verbs, what phrases, you know, that don't work well with this. Um, and then, too, the design aspect is that sometimes you might give your logo to someplace and they put it on a T-shirt for some event and you look at it and you're like, huh, this isn't right. Well, you can look at your style guide and say, yep, that's they did something with the spacing. And it's it's just an important asset for any company to have, especially if you're going to spend the time, money, efforts to work with a professional designer, you want to use your assets correctly. And, you know, and, and pro tip here, a, a style guide should always be something that's included in an estimate that a designer sends you. So if it's, if it's not, I would, I would surely ask about it or, or ask for an example of one that they've set up for another client. That's a great idea mm-hmm. and good, good, good tip. Yeah, it sure is. Mm-hmm. Katie, what are some of the most common design or uh, branding mistakes that uh, a a company should avoid? (laughs) Okay, well, this list is way too long for this podcast, (laughs) probably, but I can give an example of a big mistake for each branding and design. So I would say a big branding mistake would be not using the assets provided by the designer and or reaching out to them for help. Mm. So we had just talked about all of the assets that a designer potentially could send you. And by, you know, by this, I, I mean that I am all for creating a few projects on your own, like something small, such as a social media post. But if you, let's just say you go rogue and you don't use the provided <laughs> assets or or attempt to design something large, like a print ad, something, or, you know, a storefront sign, chances are it's not going to look professional or on brand. And you'd have been better off using a professional designer for help. So again, back to what we talked about with consistency for your brand, it's just also important to have it jive well together. You had mentioned using maybe an online or, or design market you know, for for a design. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong at all to purchase something from a stock site or a creative site to use for your branding. But I will point out that, for example, I have seen brand after brand use the social media set, 
that was, you know, purchased from one of these stock sites with this same one particular font used with this muted color palette. And I've, I've started seeing it all across Instagram and social media. And it's very pretty and it's very pleasing to the eye so I can see why it's so popular, but it's so overused. So when I see it, I don't know if I'm looking at that yoga studio or that lifestyle blogger or that athleisure brand mm -hmm. that I just saw the other day. So, you know, if you're gonna use these kind of pre-made assets, because that is such a popular thing right now, the suggestion that I would make would be to change up those provided assets just a little bit to make it a little bit more unique to your brand, such as like adding in a pop color or an icon that just makes it look more look more you. Yeah, absolutely, because a lot of times those templates will have the fonts, the color palette, all that kind of stuff. And first of all, you want your color palette to be your brand's colors, and then the fonts, if possible, to be yours. But you're right, if you use the same thing, there's just no way to di you know, differentiate your brand from somebody else's. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I, I have to say, like, Glenn and I, we both can see good design and recognize what looks good. But we are just so amazed. Like, we'll have an idea, and we'll send it to Katie. And she'll come back. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's kind of what we said. But there's no way we would have created it or we wouldn't have thought about it. And I think it really is of value to get someone as, you know, even just to get you started in terms of the style guide, in terms of your tone, working with a professional. And there are a lot of freelancers out there who wouldn't cost that much for a small business. Um, but it's worth going in there and having that person set the tone and really help make your brand stand out. Well, it's one less thing as a business owner that you have to worry about. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much on your plate already. And this is something that you're not likely to have a background in to begin with. It's real easy to make mistakes and confuse your customers and your prospects with it. It just makes total sense to get it to, into somebody's hands who knows what they're doing. And they be on time. Sometimes you're on those, yeah. those sites and you're like, yeah. wow, this just took me two hours. If I had gone to my art director, boom, would have been able to quickly mm -hmm. change something like updating a date on an event graphic or something like that. Yeah. Katie, it's great talking to you and visiting with you once again. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I'm I'm such a nerd and I love to talk about dorky design stuff any day of the week. So thank you. Hey, Glenn. Yes. Great seeing you at the water cooler. The bubbler. The bubbler, the official Couples Inc. water cooler. I love visiting you here. Well, I love visiting you here as well. What yeah. did you do? <laughs> but it's just a fun place. I thought today we'd talk about, because this is our 12th episode. We talk, Oh, it is. It is. It's our 12th episode. I thought we'd talk a little bit about what we've learned so far as relatively new podcasters. Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm a big podcast listener, but this is, you know, my first podcast and your first podcast. So that you know of. That I know of. What have we learned so far? Okay. So I and I've got three of them. I you, do too. Well, all right. Okay, do you want to start with yours first or I want you to start first. Okay. This is something I have learned. I say so way too much you, i have okay i'm not saying anything like yeah that. i didn't even realize i said it so, so much so, so so but you this is something that um well um too you learn about your verbal tics and quirks because you don't pay attention to them and you fill in sometimes the silences while you're thinking of something to say with either an um or a so or you know 
And I have become so much more, every time I say the word, I kind of cringe. I've become much more aware of how often I say so. In fact, I say it more than the listener even realizes because Glenn edits it out. No, the the software edits. We the got software, special... the magic software edits it out. So, oh my gosh, I just did it. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I I try to get it out of my system, but the no so the no so. But I realized that I do rely on it way too much. Yeah. Okay, what's yours? Oh well, that I thought we were going. No, one and okay, one, one and one. two and okay, two. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, it's like having a baby again. This reminds me very much of having a baby, the time frame is a little bit more extended because we've got two weeks between episodes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't let that, uh, we, we don't get on a regular schedule. So we let the time kind of slip by. And then all of a sudden, you yeah. know, it's a couple of days before we're supposed to publish and we don't have any recording done yet. It's like being awakened in the middle of the night <laughs> to change a diaper or to rock or to feed. But you love it, is what you're saying. Yeah. Just like a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. The sleep deprivation. I don't know what the analogy would be in this case. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but it is you're 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 creating something, and it takes a lot more work than you realized, and hmm. it's the time is all kind of you know wonky. And it's a lot of fun when this podcast gets grown. We won't have to spend a dime for college. That's the that's upside. the best part. Yeah. Yes. All right, my turn. Another thing I've learned is that I am still learning about you. Even though we've been married 17 years and we've owned a business for 12 of mm-hmm. those, it's so interesting to still learn something about you. I know it's hard to believe that you'll say a story and I'm like, oh yeah, or I will have forgotten the, um, the analogy that you've given or something, or just when we talk to each other or your perspective on things. I thought you'd Found out everything there was about me. I pretty much had, I thought. Yeah. But I still find myself learning about you, which is cool. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's really very cool. Yeah. That's... Especially since it's about me. Exactly. So, yeah. What else would you like to learn about me? <laughs> I got lots of stories. Well, that's for our next episodes. All okay. right. Your next one. Uh, yeah, my next one is expressing and sharing the experience with my peers is very satisfying. Yeah. You know, when you own a business... You can be very isolated. Um, There's camaraderie to a certain extent with some of the other people that are in the workplace. But by and large, your day is spent doing the things that it takes to keep the business going, to establish a long-term plan, to adjust to changes that have come to that plan that you made originally or before. And by the day's end, you really haven't spent a lot of time. A lot of people haven't spent much time with friends or with actual relationships that they have that they've had long term family what have you so yeah uh, you said so i did <laughs> not the apple at that mm-hmm. that's kind of like my third one is that we're not alone in our love of working together that has mm-hmm. been pretty cool like you were saying getting a chance to talk to some of our colleagues i guess or you know mentors and finding out that we're not alone in this and in the people that people are listening, that we're not alone in enjoying working together and having a business together. Yeah. Um, it's well, really been enlightening to talk to people. And we haven't interviewed nearly as many people as we want to. We have a whole list of people on our, um, I guess, 
dream list of interviews we and do. Then, and and just even you know just what we have planned in the future yeah, we have yeah. other um couples but it's just very interesting to know that while we hear a lot of people say they could never do it mm-hmm. there are so many people who not only chose to work with their spouse they enjoy it and that's been kind of um exciting yeah mm-hmm. exactly the, the third one that i have superstar status at last i am <laughs> a presence online besides just my facebook profile wow what do you mean wow no that's just no wow. that's a big deal that's it's a, a big, big dad gum dad gum deal so yeah ah! <laughs> i have failed you oh, i cannot i cannot I have failed stop you. i should meditate on it well that is what we've learned from 12 episodes. Speaking of 12 episodes, this is the final episode of our first season. We've decided to be kind of like a Netflix where you only have like six episodes or 12 episodes. Not like when we watched that documentary on um, Lucy and Desi, they had like 35 episodes their first season. Oh yeah. I mean, that's crazy talk. One for every day of the year almost. Right. So we have decided that our seasons will be 12 episodes long. So we've just completed our first season. And... Drum roll, please. Network program heads, Jody and Glenn, have decided to renew our podcast. For season two. For season two. Technically, yes, we are renewing ourselves, but we thought, you know, everyone else who does a like a TV show or a series or something gets to kind of celebrate a renewal, so why not? You know, we're celebrating now, but there is a little bit of a holdup. Mm-hmm. I want more money. Contract negotiations begin. Exactly. Yeah. We need to figure this out because, you know, if it weren't for me, you'd be talking to yourself. I would be talking to myself. By yourself. By myself. It would just be me saying so all the time. So. 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 So uh, we are going to be doing season two. Yay. We'd love to hear from you um, about topics or couples to interview. So if you go to our uh, website, Couples Inc podcast.com you can go to the contact us and we have a form and you can fill that out and give us some ideas for topics for season two now as we just mentioned in the first segment of this episode taking time off we are also going to take a little time off between season one and season two yes we'll be back you're supposed to keep going about something yeah so we're going to take the month of april is we're taking that off we're not taking the whole month of april off but we're not going to do a podcast in the month of April while we actually do take a physical vacation during that time and get caught up and plan and uh, prepare for season two. So we will be back season two, May 4th, which is kind of fun because may the fourth be with you. Whoa. Yeah. That's just star Wars. I know it's almost like we planned it. Meta. Meta. So thank you for supporting us on this podcast. We look forward to talking to you next season. Thank you for supporting me, Jody, during this podcast. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com to learn more about us 
review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.